0: It's interesting some of the handwriting on these makes it look like a prescription. <laughs> <laughs> not I. Mute, 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 mute. Let's hope we're not recording that. I get to squeeze in here with you girls later. Okay. Praise God. I want to call on Julie Whaley to to, uh, give us a good report from the Christian Women's Gathering here.
1: There's nothing but good report for yesterday's Christian Women's Gathering. Right, girls? How many of you were there? Oh, my goodness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, I've been given a very brief moment in time to see if there's any of you who want to share um, briefly what happened with you yesterday. Anybody, no, come on, there is I know, Jen, do you want to share something? Why don't you start so they kind of aren't shy anymore? Um oh, whoa, sorry <laughs> all, all I can say is that God just opened a door of healing um, and restoration for his women. I mean, literally dozens of women came forth. And laid there, it, God just revealed what the issues were in their life and spoke to them directly and made promises that just caused us to laugh and jump and, oh, Janina, you've got to tell us something, girl. Come on.
2: Um, well, there's a lot to tell. We, um, I know you put me on the spot. What am I supposed to say? Um. I have to say that God just led the day so entirely, right, ladies? I mean, we even changed some of the songs we were going to do and just the flow. We just like went with the Lord on it. And I really believe he took us to a whole new level this year and showing us who we are in him. And he gave us some real keys to unlocking the doors that God wants to have us walk through. And once you've got that key, you can, you can keep going. It's not like you ever can't go, you know, where God wants you to go. And it just was really, powerful how he made it so so personal i was so personally ministered to and yet such a neat blending of all of us together so i know that's very vague but it was just so much to say so you will have to get your personal stories from other people that have been there okay janina
1: came all the way from seattle this weekend just to do our worship because god told she and i in may and we giggled about it that this was going to happen um <laughs> Oh, good, good. Um, anybody else? Well, I can tell you that our Loa Gundred and Jana Green walked all of us from one dimension into another, a whole other spiritual level that we will never be the same. And we won't sit, we will sit restless in our chairs at church on Sundays because there's so much more that escaped, so much more that we received, so much more of Christ that we will never be the same. And we have, the Christian Women's Gathering, started. this was our seventh, and it started with little seeds. And I'm telling you, we saw flowers yesterday. We saw blooms. We, we saw blooms open. We no longer are seeds, and we're not growing. We are excelling. We are accelerating into what God has for us.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. so you could be prepared in a little while. We don't normally uh, receive offerings here. We usually just have you put it right in the wall as obedient as God uh, lays on your heart. But we do want to take up a special offering in a little while for Ted Rose. But we'll get to that later. I want to congratulate this morning Jim and Maria Dennis. We just celebrated 20 years of marriage last Wednesday. Wow. She, deserve, she deserves all the credit. Amen. Good brother. That's true. God bless Maria for sure. And uh, and the Evers are celebrating 52 years tomorrow. So congratulations. And I know the danger is forgetting someone. So if I'm missing you, I'm not trying to get everybody. I just happen to be aware of those two. All right. For those of you that follow Jason Friend and Friend Ministries, um, I haven't heard the report yet, but they just had a citywide outreach Friday night in Tijuana at the boxing arena. And uh, so I'm looking forward to hearing. You may be also, you might want to. I tried logging on to his website this morning. It's not that quick getting the information up, but uh, I'm looking. At the last one they did in Tijuana, they did in the bullfight ring. And uh, the thousands came to know Christ. So we're looking forward to those reports. Friend, org is the, that's F R E N N, is one of the ministries we are behind in our mission support your church. I should say that differently. We're not behind in our mission support. <laughs> we support them. We are behind them, pushing them. Okay? Make sure that this comes out right.
3: Yeah.
0: We appreciate Ted Rose coming this morning and being with us. Uh, Ted is a good friend. He is um, a man who is living out the message of his life. Uh, anytime you can get somebody that will minister to you who is living out the message that they preach, it's validated. It's, uh, it's stronger. It's one thing for somebody like me to stand up and teach you the Bible about things that might remain theory and that we all hope to attain or move into at some point in our life as a, as a goal or a model to shoot at. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing to get somebody who's living it to tell you how it works and to encourage you in it, and so Ted comes this morning. Ted's the uh, national, or the California State Director of the National Day of Prayer. He's uh, also the founder and president of Worldwide Prayer. The list really is quite long, and I like going to his website and seeing all the places he's connected. Uh, he's not a man that receives flattery, uh, but I compliment him openly and honestly this morning, and I admire him for living out his life for. Staying true to the call of God through very, very difficult times, through warfare times, uh, through lean times. And, uh, and he comes to bless you this morning with the word of God and encouragement. Welcome, Ted Rhodes.
3: Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Wow, that was sweet. I need a, a little stool. Can we do that again? Uh, yeah. Just set my stuff there. How are you all doing this morning? Oh, you're so good looking. Look at you. I need new glasses, but anyway. (laughs) Is it okay to have fun? All right, all right. Uh, Would you all stand with me and uh, let's... uh, Let's, let's pray together. Can we pray? And uh, where we're going to do it, uh, uh, if you all remember last time I was here, I asked you to form prayer groups. So I'd like to ask you, I know you're comfortable where you are, but if you could come out into the aisle the best you can and form a, a prayer circle, a prayer circle of four other or four people total. Prayer circles of four. If you have trouble standing for any reason, stay seated and people will gather around you, okay? Prayer circles of four. Form a circle and join hands. All right. Form your circle. Here, you want to form a circle around Brother Bobby's You're having trouble there? All right. Here we go, everybody. We're going to do the ultimate goal of prayer. The ultimate goal of prayer is to love God and to know Him. He's why we're here. If it wasn't for His great love for us, His sending His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for each one of us and then be resurrected, and then to cleanse us from all of our past sin, our present sin, and our future sin, Writing our names in the Lamb book of life and making us sons and daughters of the King forever and ever, and it's settled. Can we say thank you to Him and tell Him how much? Just tell Him, don't be religious. Tell Him how much you love Him. If you haven't said, I love you, Dad, in a long time, then just don't feel silly. By doing it, but do it. Do it right now. Just lift your voices. I love you, Dad. Just keep talking to Him. Express something personal of love to Him right now. Maybe this is new for some of you, but and for guys, sometimes guys have trouble with this intimacy. But Dad, we climb up into your lap right now. We lay into your arms. And Lord... I want to feel the heartbeat of your heart that pants and beats for me. And mine beats for yours. I love you, God. I love you with all of my heart, all of my mind. Raise your voices. All of my soul, all of my life. In Jesus' name, we love you, Father. You're everything to us. And right now, in the midst of this service, we just take time to say, we love you. In Jesus' name. Now, would you please pray for those that are in your circle. There's needs in this house, folks. There's people in here that are lonely. There's people in here that don't feel loved right now. There's people in here that are going through very, very serious situations. There's people in here that need a miracle in their life or in the life of someone very close to them. There's miracles needed in Big Bear. There's family members of people that are in this room that are, their lives are on the line right now. Some of your family members, you don't even know where they are. Pray right now. Everyone, pray for those in your circle. Lift your voices, whatever the need is. Brother, please get some music, please. Whatever the need is. We pray for a miracle right now. God is a God of miracles. He only does the impossible. That's all He does. In the name of Jesus. We send Your Word all over this world now. Out of this place. Out of the corporate expression of prayer. In this house, the Big Bear Christian Center. Let the corporate anointing, oh God, go. Let it roll all over this mountain. Go to every man, woman, boy, and girl, every home, every relationship, every family member, every lost soul right now. Every suicidal teenager. The teenager that's in his room right now and he's suicidal. He's thinking about dying. Lord, go to him and and, and let him know that You love him. And You're real. Let him get on his knees and say, God, if you're real, take my life. And then, Lord, you're going to do it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every broken life. Every broken heart. We represent them now in prayer, Lord. Every dream that's lost. Every hope that's gone. If your life is not what you dreamed it would be, the Lord's going to turn it around right now in the name of Jesus. And the days ahead of you are going to be greater than any, day, any days you've ever known. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank You in advance. You're so cool. You're so awesome. You're so wonderful. Thank You, Lord. You hear us. We don't have to beg You. We don't have to convince You. We just agree with You. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Now, if you all know the, you know the story, don't go back to your seats yet. Everybody listen up. Look this way. Some of these people can't stop praying over here. It's a bunch of fanatics. Okay, look up here everybody, guys. I'm going to give you some instructions. And then I'm going to give the girls instructions. Guys don't do it until the girls do, right? Remember this? Guys, go find 3 other guys and tell them you are the coolest dude in this room. Don't do it yet. Don't do it. Oh, no. See, you're violating. We have some violators here. Better stop him. He was a violator somebody tell him he's violating I don't want to keep embarrassing him he's, gonna, he's a big guy, he's going to hurt me alright ladies I want you to find somebody and say you are absolutely the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life and then give everybody a big, big love hug, a God hug holy hug Once you get them started, okay me a little more volume there, a little bit more. Okay, everybody. Boy, you, some of you get carried away. I'm telling you. Once you get you started, there's no turning back. Just remember, we got to be out of here by midnight. You know, and some of us might need to eat before then. Okay. Well, is this wonderful to be back here with you and just love you. Uh, I just love being here for many reasons. Uh, the first one being my friend, my dear friend, one of my best friends in all this world. And I mean that. You are so blessed. I'm sure. In fact, ready? Pinch yourself. Say, am I in heaven? What else was I supposed to say? I've been pinching myself to remember that pastor's excited look at him look how excited he is he was so excited you know during the during the hugging and the loving and all that he came up to me he looked at me he said he got a little confused and he says you're the most beautiful woman i've ever seen in my life i said brother get a hold of yourself I've got some uh, wonderful dear friends of mine that are here as guests today. I was hoping that my mother would be here. And uh, she was here last time. Do you remember? I had her stand and wave and she just wouldn't stop. I had to finally... (laughs) But no, seriously, I love my mama and uh, she's praying for us. And uh, she couldn't make it. Uh, but so i 'll be praying for her later if that 's okay and uh, but uh, some wonderful friends of ours and guests are here, and this is uh, Frank and Carolyn Polverini from my home church down south and, and my dear brother uh, brother Bob Webster here on the front row and uh, Is it okay if I share that all three of you came to the Lord through our ministry and through uh, our relationship? Isn't that wonderful? In fact, may I? Sister Carolyn. I would like to share something about Sister Carolyn. Because a year ago, she was sitting right over here on the second row. I believe it was the second row. Yes. And Sister Carolyn came up and she raised her hand to accept Jesus Christ. Right here at Big Bear Christian Center a year ago. And and she's an awesome woman of God. And there's no stopping her, I'll tell you right now. And she is a member of our church uh, in down the hill. Pastor uh, Wings of Eagles with Pastor Tino Marquez and Brother Bob and M- M- Madera's, and uh, they're just they're just very very special people to us. And so it's wonderful to have you guys here. And, and what a testimony, isn't that cool, y'all? Yeah. But I'd like to share this morning on the subject of prayer. I, I guess that's surprising. <laughs> But before I do, I, I wanted to let you know that uh, last night, and I say this just to, just to hopefully that you will feel the love of God in what I share. But this is the roster of all of you. These are your names to the best of their ability to... I'm getting a little ringing there, dear brother. Thank you. Uh, these, these are your names. And last night... The leadership of this church gathered in this house, right? For a couple of hours. And they made a fresh commitment. I want you to know this. This is exciting. They made a fresh commitment to pray for you, over you, every day, like you've never been prayed for in all of your life. You will be, I believe with all of my heart, that you will be the most prayed for church on the mountain. I mean that. Because in my heart, I don't really want to come and ask you to pray until first the leadership makes a... Not that they weren't praying. They were. But they are now making a fresh commitment. How many know we need to make a fresh commitment? In fact, if we really realized it, we ought to do that every day. Right? You know, what an exciting life that we live. Come on, you all look so happy. What an exciting time we're in right now. I mean, there's so much going on right now. There's so much battle raging. And I do want you to know that, and I'm not trying to focus on this, but the, the enemy is not sleeping. And they are not lazy. They're driven. The devil is driving them. Do you understand that? With fear and intimidation. They're driven to do what they do. Everything we do is based on love. It's motivated by love because God is what? Love. So everything we do is based on love. They're driven by fear. They have no choice. The Satanists send me death threats on a regular basis. I haven't shared this in many congregations. I I was hoping it would be okay. But Satanists' organizations send me death threats on a regular basis. They send curses to me. They attend our prayer events at the Capitol and all of our major public events. They attend. They send it over their websites, all their Wiccan and all of their organized. It's a worldwide organization. And they send it out through the entire organization to target us and specifically target me. Because I lead the state, which is the largest state of the largest nation in the history of the world. Do you follow me? And so they want to take out the leaders of prayer because the prayer, when we pray, we stop using water guns and we start using nuclear-tipped ballistic missiles. And unless you're a praying person or a praying church, you have absolutely no threat to the devil. But the moment you become a person of prayer, all of a sudden, he is threatened by you. And he will try to do everything he can to stop it. And so you will see and hear today throughout this service, I hope, expressions of love, but you will hear intensity because the intensity, the Bible says in the book of Revelation that the enemy knows his time is short and he starts stepping it up. He is stepping it up. But guess what? The Bible said, where sin abounded, grace always exceeds it. Grace abounds much, much more. And that's the promise that we have, California. That's the promise you have, Big Bear. Is that no matter what the devil does, I mean no matter what it looks like, God is going to do greater every single time. But He's looking for somebody." But he's looking for partners. He's looking for people that will not be driven by fear, not be forced to do something or they'll pay a price, which is what the enemy's motivated by. But he's looking for someone that will love others that are so overwhelmed. And remember, remember he said, What are we supposed to rejoice about? What did it, what did Jesus say, everybody? What did Jesus say that we should rejoice about? And then even reference, do not be do not rejoice that demons are subject unto us. You know what he just said? They're subject unto you. <laughs> Did you all hear that? Demons are subject unto you. But he said, don't do your rejoicing in that. Don't, don't enjoy that part of it. But rather that your name is written in the Blam's book of life. We should be, and I pray that there would be a revival this morning in all of our lives. There would be a personal revival of rejoicing that our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Think of all the books and all of history that have been written. But there's one that's got our name in it and the Lord decided to take the time to write Ted. And He wrote down every one of these. And you're in. You're in now. You're one of the family members. You're a son and you're a daughter. Now what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with His love? Are we, going to, are we going to hold on to it? Oh, we're going. Are we going to try to take others with us? And try to fill the book. Like Reinhard Bonnke says, let's empty hell. I'm about emptying hell. I'm not about filling my bank account. I'm not trying about building a brand name or a ministry. I'm all about emptying hell and filling up heaven. Oh, amen. So I prayed for you last night till about 2 o'clock in the morning. I read every one of your names before the Lord and prayed over them. And so is your pastor and so is your leadership. They've made a brand new, fresh, renewed commitment and I'm so excited about that and I know that's going to really touch you. Sometimes you're going to be in the middle of a situation you're going to all of a sudden see a tidal wave of God's glory come under you and, and, and hold you up. Like you've never been held up before and you're going to say, what was that? I know who it... I'll, I'll tell you what it was. Your, your leadership is praying for you. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're being held up in a way you've never been held up before. So God bless you for that. And So anyway, the title of my sharing to this morning is Praying With and For Your Family. Praying With and For Your Family. Somebody said, I don't have a family. Yes, you do. Look around. There's several different family levels. There's the immediate family. There's your extended family. And then there's your your family of God. Some of you have all three. Some of you have two. Some of you have one. But all of you have a family. If you do not have a physical family, maybe you're a couple that, that have not had children. Look around. There's somebody in here that needs a mom and dad in the faith. Huh? Everybody? There's somebody in here that needs a grandma or grandpa. There's somebody in here that needs you. And, our, and I don't know about you, but I've found that the family of God is more real than our, even our earthly families are. Anybody ever experienced that? It's just incredible. I sometimes feel closer to people that I just meet than some of the members of, the, of my actual family itself. And I don't know how that happens, but that just shows how real God is and how real His love is. Praying with and for your family. And the second part, i got a second part of the title. It's called Leaving a Legacy of Prayer. Leaving a Legacy of Prayer. Um, I believe that what you're about to hear in these next few moments is a message that has eternal consequences. I believe with all of my heart that Choosing to ask God to help us live out this message. Did you hear how I said that? Choosing to ask God to help us, power us by His Holy Spirit, to live out this message will determine whether people end up in heaven or whether they end up in hell. Brothers and sisters, your family is going to go to heaven or they're going to go to hell. I don't care what your job is. I don't care what your career is. I don't care how much you went to school. I don't care what you've been focusing on your entire life. Let someone please tell me, anyone in this room, tell me that anything's more important than the people in your family going to heaven or going to hell. Is there a job more important? Anything you're doing tomorrow and more important than your family ending up either in the arms of God or in an internal punishment where there will never be any relief. That's what's what's on the line. And we don't talk about that. You hardly ever hear anybody talk about hell anymore. Well, then why did Jesus talk more about hell than He talked about heaven? Right, Pastor? He did. Why? Because it's a real place. And He came to keep people from there. But somehow in our religiosity and our lifestyle and living in Southern California and everything that we're doing, folks, we've lost sight sometimes of the whole reality of what's important. And I can't think of a greater honor than to stand in front of you all today to represent the lost. Represent the lost in your own family that are going to hell but need your prayers to keep from getting there. Now, now just I'm not into guilt trips. So if you haven't prayed for your family like you should have up till now, just say, I'm sorry, Lord. He'll forgive you. It's over. And start today. That's, that's the way that God, that God works, everybody. Are you, are you with me on that? Don't get all, oh, I've been a bad... M-. Forget that. Forget that. That's not the way... The Lord is the God of second chances. And the third chances. And all the chances you will ever need. And it's a God of grace. And he, he just wants to, wherever we are, whether we're 90 years old or two, he just wants to start where we are. Right here, today. So if you haven't left a legacy, it's, I'm telling you, it's not too late. I didn't see anybody come in on a stretcher saying you only have minutes to live. So you have time to implement this. And before it's over, here's the deal. You Ready? Every one of your family members, I guarantee you, if you'll do this, and and do this, what, Ted's version? No. If you'll stand on the promises of God that He's given to the believer through prayer, every member of your family, I mean every member, even the ones that won't even talk to you, they're going to go to heaven. And I'm going to give you an Iron Clan guarantee of it. Anybody ever told you that one? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Professor O. Halsby wrote a book called Prayer. Just Prayer. It's a great book. Very thick. He said, I heard somebody read it. But anyway, my friend, if you are not able to leave your children the legacy in the form of goods, do not worry about that. And do not worry yourself to death, whether physically or spiritually, in order to accumulate a great deal of property for your children. But he said, but see to it night and day that you pray for them. Then you will leave them a great legacy of answers to prayer which shall follow them all the days of their life. Let's find out. My dear brother Dick Eastman, a mentor to me and a dear friend for over 30 years, said this about the subject of the praying family. The most important things parents could ever do for their children. The most important. Now, I've known him for a long time. Just real quickly, one time, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but one time he sat across the desk from D and I. We were just spending the whole day with him. He felt like the Lord wanted to sow a day into us. And so he's called us over. And we were sitting across from him. And he canceled all of his appointments. This, this has been a while, but... He said, uh, I want to give you the most important advice I'll ever give you, Brother Ted. Well, when Dick Eastman says, I want, this is the most important thing I'll ever tell you, uh, you know, you come to attention if you're smart. And so he sat up in his chair and leaned forward, you know, that body language saying, here it comes. And D and I kind of perked up and leaned forward too. what is it? And he said, where you plant yourself, In what church you plant yourself and you and your ministry there will determine the anointing on your life, on your family, and on your ministry. It's the most important decision that you will ever make as a couple. And that saved D and I through our 29 years of marriage. That saved us. And the tough times, the hard times, all of the challenges. that word. This is what he said about the most important thing for parents could ever do. And this is what he said. The most important thing parents could ever do for their children is to pray for and with them. The most important thing. Now you have to understand, this brother that just told me that, and you just heard from, for over 15 years, with a worldwide ministry. In fact, his teaching on prayer, the Change the World School of Prayer, is the most received teaching on the subject of prayer in more nations to more people than any other teaching on prayer in the history of mankind. So with this worldwide ministry, a father in prayer prayed with every president all the way since Carter in the White House. But every Wednesday for 15 years, he gave up the entire day and went down to church on the way. Jack Hayford's church. He had a key of his own. He went into the altar and he gave the gift of Wednesdays to his girls. Dina and Ginger. And his family. And he went and prayed all day. This is with a worldwide demand of ministry upon his life. He went... And, and asked the Lord one time, I want to do something special for my daughters, Lord. What kind of a gift could I give them? And the Lord said, give them the gift of Wednesdays. He said, well, what does that mean? Maybe we are going to go get ice cream next Wednesday. He says, no, no, I want you to give them Wednesdays. All of Wednesdays. I want you to go in the altar of this, your church. And I want you to sow into their life on your knees the gift of Wednesdays the entire day. If you will do that, it will change their life and it will set the destiny of their life forever. And both of them are working in His ministry today and they are on fire for God. They're the sweetest girls you've ever seen in your life except for your daughter. I'm a smart brother. I'm learning, okay? When you don't get invited back to the church, you learn, you know. (laughs) But he gave the gift of Wednesday. So this is the power and the momentum of the life lived of an expression like this, my friends. And so, again, I just want to keep reiterating, I've probably touched on this a few times. If you have not done this, don't let the devil put a guilt trip on you because he'll try to do that. Receive the grace of the Lord and say, oh, the Lord is saying I can start right now. And it's not too late. It's not too late. Some scripture. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. This is an example of the praying leader in his home. It could be male or female, it's preferable both. It's the story of Cornelius. Love this story. Verse one: There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band of the Italian band. Verse two: A devout man. This man did not know Jesus; he did not accept the Christ yet. They they hadn't done that. But he was a devout man. How did he do that? Without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit, everybody right? One that feared God with his whole house. That's a great statement, everybody. I, I, you know what? We, we, you know we hear people all the time, and, and I, don't, I don't mean to knock um, uh, people that have goals and visions and dreams to, to move forward in life. But when you tell us about your kids, I want to know, do they love the Lord? Do they love others? Are they serving God? Do they understand that God's given them a vision for their life? Have they, do they hear the voice of God? Are they people who pray? Do they walk with God? Do they know what the vision of their life is that was given to them by God is? Those are the kind of things that we find in, in, as a family to be important. And yet I go to places and I hear, oh yeah, my, my son's a doctor. My son's a lawyer. My son attended this school. And you'll hear all of that. And you never hear. Most of the time, you never hear that they're Christian. You don't even know. I'm afraid to ask. I don't want to hurt nobody. But here, this is the testimony right here. One that feared God with his whole house. I was... uh, I don't mean to deviate here, but real quickly, I was at a restaurant a couple of days ago with John Jenkins, guys. And we were eating lunch. And I was telling him about a survey. There's a survey that just came out. It said that 82% of unchurched people in Big Bear or in, in, in the United States, 82% of the unchurched people would consider going to church if a friend of them asked them. But only... Two percent asked last year. Two people out of hundred even asked somebody to go to church, and so the waitress came. I, I was poor waitresses, you know what I mean. <laughs> but I was trying to be loving and friendly with her, and I said, "Hey, can I ask you a question?" I was just talking to him about a survey, and can I ask you a question? She said, "Sure." I said, um, "There's, there's. Uh, let me just ask the question, and then I'll tell you about the survey." I said. If a friend of yours asked you to go to church with... I mean, a friend, somebody you really like, asked you to go to church with them. And then she stopped me right away. I, I said, would you go? She said, she stopped me right away. She said, no. No, I wouldn't. And I said, well, you're kind of ruining the survey. <laughs> really, I did. I said, you're kind of ruining the survey, sis. Please, you're, tra- you're hurting me. And, uh, and and she said, no, no, my parents went to church all my life. And I went for 16 years and I had enough. I watched my parents and after 16 years, I'm done. I'm not going back. I says, hmm. Now, I said, no, the survey says 83% would and, and only two ask. And I guess you're in the 18% that wouldn't. But I said, I got another survey for you. Can I share this one with you? She said, sure. She was really nice, you know. And I said, uh, there's another survey. It says that right now, and I don't know if you all know this, but high schoolers, by the time they graduate, after graduation, 80% of them walk away from their faith. Did you all know that? We've got educated people here. So I told her that. She oh, that doesn't surprise me, she said, right? And I said, but i got some good news for you. And she says, what? And she was really interested. Now, by now, she's hooked, okay? And she says, what? And I said, well, the good news is 50% will come back by the time they reach 30 And she said, I think she said, said, I'm uh, five or six years from that. And so I told her, well, I'll see you in six years. And she laughed, and we had a good time. And why did I say all that? I haven't the slightest idea. But he feared God with his whole house. The testimony of our family. He had a testimony which gave much alms to the people. I'm sure he paid his tithes, but this is not tithes. This is giving to the poor. I've watched, and please forgive me, I've watched telethon after telethon after telethon and them talking about building a memorial using this scripture of Cornelius. i got news for you. It has nothing to do with giving to a telethon. I'm sorry. It says, giving to the people, the poor and the needy in the community. And then it says, and he prayed to God always. He prayed to God always. You know what amazes me, folks? What amazes me is that in charismatic Pentecostal churches all across this country it 's different in other countries, so i 'm going to say it this country there is at times an attitude that we have something they don 't have we have and and it's you know i i, I 't want to be too controversial, but you 'll hear the statements that we have the power and they don 't have the power I'm talking about. Conservative evangelicals. Non-charismatics. We've got it. He lives in us and He's free. But the question is, how is this guy? He doesn't have the Holy Spirit. He doesn't have Jesus yet. Come on. He doesn't have Big Bear Christian Center with an incredible worship team. Seriously. Seriously. But he, how come, how was he able as a centurion in this generation to pray to God always and have his house with the fear of God without what? The Holy Spirit. So, my challenge is if you are one that believes that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, how much more should you live in prayer? You have the intercessor inside. The great intercessor, the powerhouse, the, the nuclear plant is inside of every one of you, wanting to to pray without ceasing, wanting to pray all the time, to be released, to commune with the Lord. So, what is it that's stopping him? And just going on, God gives him a vision. He was at a particular pointed hour of prayer. It's called the hour of prayer. There's three of those. The watches. Ultimately, God ended up using this guy. What happened was his prayer life, his prayer life with his fear of his whole family in prayer and, and loving the Lord. But his prayers and the giving to the poor. So you hear that? Prayers and giving to the poor went up into heaven. Went all the way to the throne. And the Lord said to him, Thy prayers and thine alms have come up before me as a memorial before me. And God used this guy. And by the way, guess what? You're all here because of him. Did you know that? Did you know that you owe it to good old Cornelius? beyond spirit filled centurion because of his prayers and giving to people that don't have food out here. God was moved, and we all got God because of it. Then it moved from the Jews to the Gentiles because of this man. The Holy Spirit got poured out for all of us because of this man. Do you see the importance of being a man of prayer, woman of prayer, and having your family that prays to God always? We have no idea the impact of this. He had four things in his prayer life as a family. Number one, he had a place of prayer. It's the family altar. Please write these down if you're able. Number one, the place of prayer. Number two, the time of prayer, which is every day, specific times. Number three, he had a plan of prayer. The plan of prayer... Real briefly, if you were to ask any one of my children what prayer their mom and daddy prayed over them, you would hear Luke 2.52. Luke 2.52 is what we've prayed over our kids ever since day one. We still pray this prayer over them every day. And it's just simply this, a very short verse. Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with man. And that, and I wish I could go through all the Greek of all four of those words and understand, but, but encompassed in this one verse, increased in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with man, encased inside of those four particular phrases is everything that's needed in the life of a person that grew up in the Lord. In every part of society as well. It's a wonderful plan. That is the f- plan that we use as a family. There's another one I want to give to you. And my brother Joe Walsh, who came up and spoke at the National Day of Prayer here in Big Bear, he came up with this. I want to make sure he, you know, I give credit to credit as Dewey. He came up with what's called PDF. Anybody have a computer? Right? And you all know what's called a PDF document, Right? Well he came up with a PDF version of prayer. Ready? Number one, protection. Number two, direction. Number three, favor. It's called PDF. Helps you remember it. Protection, direction, and favor. You can't go wrong with that. Protection, direction, and favor. First Samuel twelve, twenty three. says moreover as for me god forbid that i should sin against the lord in ceasing to pray for you now one could say wow that's pretty heavy it is but i have a different take on the on the part that says god forbid that i should sin against the lord i have a different take it's not a shame m- moment In that verse. It's not meant to shame. It's actually meant to love. I know that's hard to believe, but it is. The reason why I pray is because I love the Lord. The reason I spend time with Him is because I don't want to neglect Him and hurt Him. If you were to do a study of all the different examples of where the Lord looked for an intercessor and couldn't find Him, you'll find a broken heart of God. And I wish I could go through it. It's just incredible if you really search it out. But you will find that when you don't pray, it doesn't make them mad. It hurts. It hurts just like somebody in your life that you love. Maybe you're sitting next to you that refused from, for, for a period of time to talk to you. Can you imagine that? How many love the person next to you? Lord, help the ones that didn't raise their hand. Anyway. <laughs> Could you imagine making a decision, I'm sorry, I love you and I've committed my whole life to you, but we're not going to talk for a while. And you don't even tell them that. You just don't do it. Now, anybody here get offended? Anybody get hurt? I won't say get mad, but, because I don't want to raise the hands. But That's how God feels. God forbid that I should sin against the Lord, meaning that I should hurt God, hurt His heart. Can we get motivated by love instead of shame? I'm going to ask you a question. Are you a man of prayer? I didn't say, Do you pray? I said, Are you a man of prayer, gentlemen? I'm going to try to look everyone in the eye. Are you a man of prayer? Ladies, do you pray? Or are you known as a woman of prayer? Mm-hmm. I shared with you earlier that I have to read some of the most hideous emails in the world. When you are the state coordinator for the National Day of Prayer, you don't have a choice. You have to read them. Even if they're sick, diabolical, perverted, demented, confusing... Whatever they are, I got to read them all, all the way. Even if they're 30 pages, I got to read them. I got to read every letter. And then I have to send them in the appropriate direction legal, you know, head office, flag them. Some cases, authorities, FBI. That part is not fine, folks. Curses sent to our house. They found out where we live. Go out on a Sunday morning to go to our church. And one time I'm at home. And we go out on the front lawn. They did a ceremony on our lawn. Anybody enjoy that? You know, I can handle it. It bothers D. And it really freaks the kids out. They're not little kids anymore. But it really bothers them. This is not a joke, folks. This is not a little game we're playing Some of us are involved in the fight of our life. But God is winning. Next week, I'm going to be in New Mexico, Las Cruces, New Mexico. And then we're going down. Anybody know anything about the terrible situation in the El Paso Juarez border area? Well, I've been going into Juarez for 21 years. This will be my 21st year. But this is going to be the most dangerous time I've ever gone in all of my life. My family, I've already been warned, everybody's warned, don't go. Because they know I'm coming this time. And we're going right into the heart of the Juarez cartel. And we're going to have a city-wide concert of prayer there. Pastors from Las Cruces, pastors from El Paso, and the pastors and the church leadership of actual Juarez itself were gathering to bind the enemy over that region and to come against the spirit of violence, drugs, addiction, human trafficking of young girls, and the sacrifice of young girls on the altars of Satan there in Juarez. They're doing that, folks. The Juarez cartel lives under the protection of satanic influence by sacrificing young girls there. They're doing it ritualistically. They're doing it at a rate that's unprecedented right now. And we're going down in there. I need your prayers next week, please. But I want to tell you of a story. So you, you want you to understand. Why, how, do, how does somebody get this intense about prayer? How does this happen? Well, well, if your whole life was based on it, and if, if you didn't have prayer... You wouldn't even be alive. That would motivate you. The only reason I'm here today is because of prayer. Our prayers and the prayers of people that for whatever the reason, the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of them somewhere in some land, somewhere in another language, and gripped them on their knees to pray for dead Rose. And because of that, I'm here today. And I want to tell you just a real brief story. We've lived in northern California and southern California several different times, pastor. You know how we've moved a few times depending on the need of the ministry. Several years ago we moved up to northern California again. And we moved into this house. And a few days later I had to fly to southern Cal. Anybody know where Beaumont is? Anybody ever heard of Beaumont First Assembly of God? Pastor Brewer. Pastor Brewer was in the ministry for fifty years. Remember, Pastor Brewer? This is when Pastor Brewer was alive, and I went to Pastor Brewer's church every year. It was a wonderful brother, and they brought me in on Sunday morning and Sunday night. It was like home. Just go for it, brother. You know, just go for it. Preach your heart out, as we say, preach our guts out. And so I was, I was there preaching, and Dee was there with the kids, and we just arrived. And we didn't have a phone yet. And uh, what happened was we um, moved into a house, a yellow house. that got opened a door for us. There's only thing, one weird thing about it. It was the only house in the neighborhood that had bars on everything. A yellow house with black bars on the doors, windows. I mean, everything had bars on it. And we were the only house. It would be okay if somebody else had bars. We were the only one. And we're kind of weird, so we think things through too much. We're thinking, we're Christians. What are we doing with bars on our window? People are going to think, what are you doing? Are you afraid of something? Seriously, we thought that. We've never lived in a house with an alarm system or bars or anything. I mean, we lock our doors. We're not, you know, we're not stupid. But we never had lived in something like that. We, were kind of, we, felt, we felt kind of bad. But we knew God had given us a house. We didn't know that. So we just kind of, well, here we go. I'm in L.A. I preached in the morning, on Sunday morning. Sunday night, I'm standing before the crowd, sharing in the middle of the message, in the middle of the message. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, Stop! I stopped. He never told me to stop before. So I stopped. (laughs) And he said, Tell them about your family. I seemed kind of weird. I said, Well, I'm going to share something with you that I've never done before. God just spoke to me and said, I'm supposed to stop preaching for a minute and tell you about my family. I don't understand why, but here it goes. And I told him about D and the kids and went through the whole deal. And the Lord then said, now tell them to pray for you. I says, okay, the Lord is asking me to ask you to pray. Would you start partnering in prayer with me and my family? In fact, would you pray right now? And they let them in prayer. And they just fervently prayed and rose up in prayer for us. And then, you know, please, I'm, I'm going to have a tough time with this. I'm not going like that. I'm about to do an illustrated sermon. Everyone pray for the stand. <laughs> you, you should have seen what happened to the last one. But I said, all of a sudden, I, after asking to pray for my family, anybody ever had the Holy Ghost just well up inside of you? And you don't even know what or why or how. And, but it just welled up and said, go get them, tiger. That's what the Holy Spirit did to me. I'm standing here in front of these people. They're probably thinking I'm nuts. And all of a sudden... Something rolled up inside of me. I said, And I I took my fist and I said, I don't care. And I yelled at the top of my lungs. I said, I don't care if the devil shows up to my front door tonight. He cannot touch my family. And I just kept saying it. I said, I don't care if the devil shows up to my front door tonight. He cannot touch my family. And I said that several times. And all of a sudden, I got peace. And I went on with the message. Nobody even asked about it. Nobody even said, what was that about? You know? They just think I'm nuts like I always am. We just moved on. Little did I know, folks. Little did I know. But the Lord knew that in Sacramento, California... D, earlier in the day, in the afternoon between the first service and the second service, she took the kids. She had went to our church, but she took the kids in the middle of the day and went to McDonald's down by our house and took them to the playland. You know, the little McDonald's playland. And while she was there with the kids, this very, very large, and I mean six foot something, 200, almost 300 pound guy, was standing there on the outside. It was an outdoor playland, And he was standing on the outside just staring at Dee and the kids with a dirty look on his face. Just staring at him. He looked apparently terrible. Very intimidating. And there was no question in her mind where, that he was up to no good. It wasn't iffy. And so as soon as she saw him, she started to pray. And then she gathered the kids. And she made a beeline to the car. She got in the car, and she was afraid. She knew this guy was up to something. It was really, really bad. And so she started driving around to see whether he was following her. And guess what? He was. He ran to his car, and he followed her. So now she's doing zigzags in the neighborhoods, trying to lose him. She thought she did. And when she thought she lost him, she then headed over to Palm Grove Drive, where we live. And it's kind of a long street with some turnoffs, but we're just at the end where, you, where it kind of curves into another road. But it, you can, from the end of the road, you can see the house. And so she thought she lost them, pulled down Palm Grove Drive, and she was pulling into our house, and she had a garage door opener, and she, was, she used that and went in, and the garage was going down. She was like, oh, Lord. She's looking in the back mirror, praying that he's not there. And as the, as the door goes down, there's his car at the end of the road. And he sees where she's at as the door closes. So now she's in there. We have no phones. There's no cell phones and no phone. And she's in the house in the afternoon on Sunday. And she's there with the three kids. And they were little at the time. And she didn't know what to do. So she just prayed. That, you know, that's, that's D. She's just praying. She's praying right now. By the way, you all need to know she's laying over our bed at our home right now, travailing for you along with, I don't know if you, you can comp- comprehend this, along with 2,000 intercessors around the world that are praying for this service right now. That's how much God loves you all. He really does. I mean that. It's not a saying. It's, a, it's the truth. But she started praying and started getting darker, Right? Nothing happened, didn't hear nothing. She's just in there with the kids praying, keeping them active. Little did I know while I'm pounding the door, it had just been a few hours earlier, my wife is being stalked in my kids. And they are somewhat trapped in our house. At a few minutes before midnight, she said somewhere around ten minutes to midnight. She heard a crashing sound on our front door. And it was him. And he was trying to get in. Now what do you think he's trying to get in to do with a woman and three little kids? That he followed from McDonald's. Okay? And so what he does, he's a big guy. So he starts, we got, we got what? Bars on our door. Does that stop him? Now, is he a smart guy and stealthy and going to go around the back and pry it open? Like, where, anybody here in security knows most break-ins occur in, in the back of the house? Do you all know that? Yep. Who goes to the front door and starts trying to destroy the door? Not with, not with a, pry, a, a, a crowbar, but with his bare hands. I'm not kidding. I would not exaggerate in the house of God. I'm telling you, he destroyed our front door. He created 300 and some dollars worth of damage. He destroyed the metal. He pried. He pulled. He, he also ruined the, 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 what is it? The, 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 the stuff that goes around the door and even the siding that was attached to it all. He destroyed it all. But, guess what? He could not get in. You remember what I had shared later? Or earlier before, I said, I don't care if the devil shows up to my front door tonight. He cannot touch my family. Yeah. The question is, the question is, what if we had not prayed? What did we not? So we're only here. I probably wouldn't even be here today. I don't know if I would be in this place of ministry doing what I'm doing with the support of my wife travailing on a bed at home tonight with all three of my kids in love with Jesus if it wasn't for being a praying family and having the prayers of the church family and us having this wonderful tool called calling upon the name of God in prayer. Man, this is not, as Pastor shared, it is not a theory. This is what we've lived. We, I, would, I would imagine I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this. Let's, let's find out something real quickly about Billy Graham here. He said, we never let, not one time did we ever let a day go by, but we had Bible reading and prayer together. He said, we pray for each other each day and spend hours each week on the telephone with our kids praying for them. How many of you here have regrets? In your parenting, your family experience somehow? We all do. How many have ever said, oh Lord, I hope those regrets, I hope the mistakes we made don't ultimately hurt them too badly? Billy Graham said, We have more regrets than we do victories. He says our only prayer is that the mistakes that we made are not fatal. He said, have you ever said, all we can do now is pray? He says, sometimes instead of beginning of prayer resort to it after all the other resources have been used when we come to the end of ourselves we come to the beginning of god he says but when that happens don't be embarrassed that we are needy god doesn't demand that we pray in eloquence or in king james english he says our feeble stumbling prayers are heard by god a cry, a sigh, a, a cry for help are prayers according to the Bible. There's a family that says the, the family that prays together stays together. I want to conclude with two scriptures regarding the prodigal. Do any of you have a prodigal in your life? Do you know someone who's a prodigal? Do you know someone that has a prodigal? Are you a prodigal? Have you been one and you're no longer a prodigal? I got two promises. Remember I told you I was going to give you an ironclad guarantee? How many have ever heard of George Mueller? Well, you've heard the story. Of Remember, I think I've shared it here. And you've heard it before, probably. Where a, a, a reporter asked George, Has God ever an- not answered one of your prayers? Remember, and he jumped up and said, No, you never. God always answers my prayer. How could it be otherwise? For I am praying. I've been praying. He says, However, I've been praying for 63 years and 8 months for a friend of mine's son to be saved. He's not saved yet, but he will be. When George Mueller's body was being lowered into the grave that man gave his heart to Christ at the edge of the grave. But you've heard that story. But let me tell you this, what most people haven't heard. Did you know they found George Mueller's diary, his prayer journal? And it's very interesting. The the prayer diary of George Mueller is very interesting. Do you know why? He had over 31,000 names in it. These are all people that he personally prayed for to come to Christ. Both family and people that just sent a name to him. Do you remember I told you that the Lord has given us an ironclad guarantee of prayer when we pray for the lost? George Mueller had 31,000 names in that book in over a 64-65 year prayer life. I'm here to tell you, and this is a historical fact, not open, not subject to debate, that all 31,000 people that were in George Mueller's prayer diary received Jesus Christ. Not one name in that book did not become a Christian. Not one. How did he do that? Did he have a Billy Graham crusade and 30-some thousand come forward? No. He didn't even know most of these. He never got to personally witness to them. He just spent time on his knees in prayer and somewhere in Big Bear, someone said yes to Jesus because he removed the devil off of their blinded eyes. Come on, everybody. So that the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ was shining into their heart. And they said yes to Jesus. I'm here to tell you that every single member of your family, write their names down. I don't mean now. But write them down, even the ones that won't talk to you, the ones you don't even know hardly, or maybe never even met, but they're your family. Write them down. Pray over them every day. You got something better to do? Pray over them. Lay hands on them. Say their names. And say, in the name of Jesus... The Lord said I can ask anything according to His will and I have it. And I know it's His will to save you because the Bible says it is His will to save all men and to have them come to the knowledge of the truth. Right, everybody? And they're coming. And I'm just going to try to stay calm here for a minute. I don't know how long I'm going to be on this earth. None of us do. But I'll tell you right now, We have not spent all of our life in the throne of God, going to the people of God, loving God, spending our life in His throne continually 24 hours a day, only to have a family member of ours end up in hell? That's not going to happen. We know it's not going to happen. Here's my family. These are my family members. Three pages, a hundred, a little bit over a hundred names. These are my family members. D and I's. So we pray over these. We weep over them. We thank the Lord for, and we and we wa- watch God check them off off the list, one after another coming to Christ, one after another coming to Christ. People that you that, that have lived for the devil all their life, they're the, they're the kind of person you know. Anybody know the kind of person that says, you know, I believe God can do anything, but whoa. Anybody know those kind of people? Ever been one of those kind of people? We got some of those kind of people too in our family, but we're checking them off. Write, Write down the names of your family. Not now, but write them down. Take some time. Turn the TV off. Give a couple hours that they might go to heaven. Imagine that. Write their names down, pray over them. What else is more important? Please, folks, please, when you leave here today, ask yourself a question What could possibly be more important than getting people to go to heaven instead of going into eternal hell? You remember the the rich man that ended up in hell? It was too late for him and his family, but he said, Please go to my brothers. It was too late. Go to my brothers and tell them they don't want to come here where I'm at. And by the way, would you take your finger, would you mind dipping it in water and just putting it on my tip of my tongue, just one time? Can you imagine? It's real, folks. Hell's real. Heaven's real. What else matters? The prodigal, real quickly, Proverbs twenty-two six. Proverbs twenty-two six. Acts chapter sixteen 30, thirty-one. Acts chapter sixteen thirty-one. Proverbs twenty-two six is train up a child in the way that they should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You think because of King James English, it means that they're not going to turn away? That's not what it says. You have to read the original language and find out what it really says. It doesn't say that they won't go away from the faith. It doesn't mean that. It means that no matter what happens, God's going to bring them back. That's what He says. He's going to bring them back. He's going to rally them. He's going to call them back. He's going to pluck them away from the hands of the devil. He's going to pull them away. They won't withdraw from His heart. They won't turn aside from Him. They won't turn away from Him. They won't sour to Him. They're coming back, folks. Even the statistic that I quoted earlier is an example of this Scripture where they left, but He brought them back. Everyone. But where are the enforcers? Did you hear me? The enforcers of the Word of God. My, my, my brother Dick Eastman said, We are not beggars before the throne, but we are throne room commanders, commanding in the name of Jesus Christ and enforcing the victory of the cross in commanding the strongholds to fall. Amen. That's a whole other attitude in faith and prayer. I'm here to tell you that you have. Remember that the, the Jesus Himself said... Don't rejoice that demons are subject. Demons are subject unto you. No matter what demon or what demonic or what stronghold attacks your family, you have the power of Jesus' name over them, in ordering the strongholds to fall. You just don't get caught up in that. You're caught up in your name is in the book, and you want other people in your family to have their names written right next to yours. They're coming back. And finally, Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. That means every member of your family, every person that you put on your prayer list, and you say, In the name of Jesus. I am going to represent them before the throne of God. They might not have a brother. They might not have a mother. But I'm going to step in and I'm going to intercede. They might not have anybody that's going to claim the promises of God for them. But I love them so much, there's no way they're going to hell. How many want your family? Every single one of them. Every, Every family member represented in this room. Every friend you know that you love and care about. Your friends' families. How many know it's all about who's going? Stand to your feet, please. Father, I thank You for Big Bear Christian Center. Lord, I thank You for the harvest. I thank You for the souls that are coming to Christ the souls that are in here today already, I'll get all these wonderful people that come to Jesus. Look at the fruit of the years of this ministry. The impact of other churches, other nations, ministries supported all around the world. Thank You for what You have done. As we talk about going further, we don't diminish what You've already done. Our names are in the book. And now... Would you take our lives sown as a seed in the altar of prayer, in the house of prayer, to represent the lost, the lost of Big Bear, the lost of this nation, and the lost around the world. All 6.8 billion souls are personally loved by you, known by you. You are involved intimately in every life. Lord, we thank You that because of today, there will be an eternal harvest. Because of this time together in this room,